0: Presenting the transcription feature, Superman.
1: Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. And now, Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men, and who fights a never-ending battle against crime and injustice, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. In our last episode, we heard how Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen were about to set sail for a cruise around the world on the Clara M, last of the old clipper ships. After Kent and Jimmy left Editor White to go aboard the boat, Teak Barnaby, a one-legged sailor, called on White and attempted to buy the Clara M at any price. Turned down, Barnaby stormed from the office. Meanwhile, at the waterfront, Clark Kent and Jimmy discover that Captain Hawkins of the Clara M is having trouble signing on a crew For some strange reason... Men refuse to sail on the Clara M. Kent and Jimmy leave, and then, on their return, find that a crew has been signed. Listen.
2: Aye, Mr. Kent. As fine a crew as you'd want to see anywhere. The first mate's actually been in sail back in the old days. You'll want to know him. I'll call him over. Oh, uh, you mustn't mind his looks, and I uh, I wouldn't pay too much attention to his legs. Leg? Aye, it's wooden, you see, made of teak wood. So here he comes now, uh, Mr. Barnaby. Aye. Mr. Barnaby, over this way. Holy mackerel, Mr. Kent!
3: Look at that, a real wooden leg.
2: You wanted me, sir? Aye, Mister, I did. I want to make you acquainted with Mr. Kent and young Jimmy Olson. Mr. Kent is the reporter I told you about, who's going to write that series of articles about the last voyage of the Claire Am. Pleasure, Mr. Barnaby. Well, it is that, matey. So we're to have a lad aboard, too, are we? Aye,
3: sir. I'm coming, too.
4: Then <laughs> well, keep your ears open and your eyes peeled, laddie, and you'll learn a lot. blow me down if a voyage in an old windjammer like the Clara M ain't
2: the finest education a boy can have.
3: I'll try to learn, sir. Mr. Bundy,
2: we'd best be underway. There's a freshening breeze, and we can just catch the tide if we're quick about it. Aye, sir. we way anchor. Land the windlass!
4: Land the windlass! Holy mackerel, What a voice! <laughs> the first mate on an old windjammer needs a good pair of lungs,
0: laddie. Ah, it would have that way.
4: Great sail!
3: Great sail!
4: Push up back into your two-throwly chest fish. On the line there, you. All together now, e- for a Chinese pirate, I've yet to see the likes of such a crow. Gosh, mister,
2: can't listen to him. Your sails are filling, Mr. Barnaby. Aye, hey, sir. You on the wheel there! That's the answer! Aye, sir, Well,
4: we're on the way, sir. Take over, Mr. Barnaby. Your course is too south. Huh? Aye, aye, sir.
1: And so, with a mysterious pig leg Mr. Barnaby aboard... Clara M. sets sail on her last voyage around the world. Sails billowing in a spanking breeze, she cuts the water southward bound. Night falls over the sea, and in the cabin of Captain Hawkins, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen sit down to their first dinner aboard ship.
3: Oh, gosh, I'm so hungry I could eat a whale.
2: Well, dig in there, dig in.
3: Well, there's
0: an extra place set I see, Captain. Aye,
2: Mr. Barnaby will be along shortly.
0: He's a strange sort of man, Captain. Aye,
2: yeah, aye, yeah, he is. But you'll find many a quaren at sea, Mr. Kent.
0: He seems pleasant enough. But there's something in the way he looks at
2: you. I uh,
3: can't quite put my finger on it. Sounds like him coming now.
2: Aye, uh, it's Barnaby, all right. Ahoy, mate. on,
3: oh, Barnaby, Barnaby.
2: Well,
4: lad, how are you finding your first meal at sea?
3: It eh? sure is exciting. <laughs> Gosh, with the creaking of this old ship and those oil lamps swinging back and forth above us, why... Well, it's like a scene out of a movie.
2: Is <laughs> that it is? Fog clearing any, Mr. Barnaby?
4: No, it's thickening, and that's a fact. Making up soupy, I'd say. I've given
2: orders to use the horn if it gets any thicker. Aye. Right. Well, you seem quiet, Mr. Kent. Hmm? Not saying much.
0: Oh, uh, I've been wondering ever since we sailed, Captain. Can't quite understand how you managed to sign on a crew in such quick time. Especially when you'd been having such trouble getting a crew before.
2: Well, as I explained to you, Mr. Barnaby and the rest of the men came along at that precise moment, all looking for bursts. Hey, a piece of luck, I'd say. Well, uh, this is the first I've heard of you having trouble signing on a
4: crew, Captain. Yeah, a little, not much.
3: Well, I'd lay
4: most of them heard the rumor about the Clara M.
3: Rumor? Oh, what kind of a rumor, Mr. Barnaby? Gosh, what's that?
4: <laughs> That's a foghorn, lad. Fog
2: must be thickening.
4: Well, now, as, uh,
2: as to that room. You'd best leave off that, mister. It's nothing but waterfront gossip. I am therefore harmless
4: to the lad. You see, lad, every ship has its superstition attached to it. And the Clara M is no exception.
0: What sort of a superstition, Mr. Barnaby?
4: You haven't heard about the Whistler? The Whistler? Aye, lad... Oh, ain't much to tell. The legend has it that uh, many years ago, the first mate, uh, like myself, had a fondness for whistling. Whistle like a bird, he could. He could always tell when he was about, uh, for he was never done whistling. Well, as the legend has it, he had taken the wheel one night in a howling gale, one of the nights when the sea's kicking up. Hurling wave after wave over the decks. Well, lad, our first mate choked our wheel that night and was never heard from again.
3: What happened to him?
4: Well, some say he was washed overboard. And some who say he just vanished. But every sailor man's agreed that he still sails his spirit with a Clara M. And that sometime... You can hear him whistling. Gosh.
3: There goes that foghorn again. Uh, do you believe the Whistler
2: still sails on the Clara and Mr. Barnaby? No, of course not. Of course not. A silly superstition, lad. Nothing more. Nothing more.
0: Why did you sign on for this trip, Mr. Barnaby? Huh?
2: Well,
4: Mr. Kidd, I, I needed a berth. And I take no stock in
2: superstitions.
3: Does the Whistler come at any time, Mr. Barnaby? Or, or does his whistle mean something?
2: Well, let you said... Mr. That... Barnaby, I've had enough of this stupid talk. Why, sir, I was That really... will be all, mister. Aye, sir.
4: Uh, more potatoes, lad?
2: No, thank you. Wait.
3: Gosh. Whistling.
2: Nonsense, lad. It's just Whoever's whi-
0: whistling is standing right outside on deck. I suggest we Wait, ho-
2: Mate.
4: He's moving off. Come on, follow me.
2: If it's one of the crew, I want to know about it. Are you coming, Captain? Aye, I'll come. But it's nothing but Tommy Rod, I tell you. Tommy Rod.
3: Seems to be off down the deck there, toward the bow.
2: Come
0: along. I can't see your hand in front of you, Miss Fogg.
3: Whoever's whistling is getting farther away all the time.
4: Let's hurry, mate. You don't want to lose him.
3: Gosh, with this fog and that strange whistling up ahead, why should anybody be whistling at a time like this? It
4: may be a warning, lad. A warning? Oh, no! I've done it. When I've had orders from Captain Hawkins to say never a word.
3: You mean that whistling
0: may be a warning of something about to happen?
4: I just said, mate, that when you hear the whistler. Wait. It's gone. Don't hear it any longer.
3: Well, neither do I. It seems to help! What's that? Help! Cry for help. Behind us. Where's help. the captain?
0: He
2: must have dropped back.
1: Come along, Red. The I'm right
0: with you. Oh. you may be right with him, Jim. This is beginning to look more and more like a job for Superman.
1: I've got a feeling Captain Hawkins went
0: overboard, and I'd better check on that right now. Ah. Good thing my eyes can pierce this fog. Strange things happening on board this ship. Very strange. Wait. There he is, floundering in the water, turn of us. There's only one thing to do skim out over the water and bring him back here on deck before he knows what's happened to him.
1: Up! Up! And away! Mr. Kent! Mr.
3: Kent, where are you? This way, Jimmy!
0: Mr. Barnaby! I found the captain.
3: Uh What happened to him? Uh Uh
4: What, what would I'd like to know? You're you're, you're ringing wet.
2: Uh, I must have slipped and gone over the rail. Yeah, or perhaps you were pushed. No, no, I, I
3: can't. But Holy mackerel! If you fell over, blood, how'd you get back on deck?
2: I, I, I don't know. Somehow, I, I remember someone holding me up in the water. Then, and everything went black.
4: right. Well, I'd best take him along, sir. Uh, Come along. I'll give you a hand. You
2: need any help, Mr. Barnaby? Oh,
4: no, I can manage. I'll take him. There, we we'll have no fear. There you are. Uh,
3: there. What do you make of all this? Whistler and then Captain Hawkins falling
0: overboard. I don't know, Jimmy. One thing I do know I don't think Captain Hawkins fell overboard. Huh? No sea captain ever fell off a ship. A deliberate attempt was made on his life, and he knows it. Yet he tried to pretend otherwise. Oh, gosh, that doesn't make sense. And that's not the only thing that doesn't make sense. There's something strange about Captain Hawkins signing on this crew. There's something strange about our first mate, Mr. Barnaby. But what? I don't know, Jimmy. I'm gonna make it my business to find out. Seven bells and all is well. Yes, yeah, seven bells, but all is not well. Not
1: well at all. Ooh. It is the strange mystery aboard the Clara M. What truth is there to the legend of the Whistler? Strange and exciting adventures await our friends aboard the old clipper ship. So be sure to hear the next thrilling episode with Superman. Tune in the next thrilling installment of the transcription feature,
2: Superman.
1: Up in the sky, look! It's a bear. It's a plane! It's Superman!
5: Episode 168, The Last of the Clipper Ships 2, March 7th, 1941. Welcome to Superman Radio Revisited. I'm your host, Matt. And in this episode, we had Captain Hawkins introducing Clark and Jimmy to Teak Barnaby. And I was saying last episode that I thought that Teak was... Stage a mutiny aboard the Clara M to gain control of the ship once it was out to sea. And I thought maybe he could be the possible leader of the crew that was assembled last minute. This crew would probably have to be at least a dozen men, not including Captain Hawkins, Clark, or Jimmy, because it would take a lot of hands to get all those sails and rigging set up to begin their journey.
1: All together now!
4: for a Chinese pirate? I've yet to see the likes of such a Gosh, Mister, can't listen to him. the other Mister Barnaby.
5: I couldn't quite make out what Teak was saying about a Chinese pirate, but that may have been a racist remark. Teak refers to the Clara M as a windjammer in the episode, and according to Quora.com, there is a difference between a clipper and a windjammer. According to Susanna Vilhanen, who works at Alto University, a clipper is an ocean-going wooden or composite-hole sailing ship, usually with full-square rig, optimized for speed, with modest cargo capacity, used on hauling expensive and time-critical cargoes, such as tea. And a windjammer is a large ocean-going iron or steel-hulled sailing ship, usually with bark rig, optimized for handling and cargo capacity. They were used on ultra-long voyages hauling non-time-critical bolt cargo, such as grain and lumber. And the era of windjammers began roughly at the same time when the era of the clippers ended, around 1885. And it lasted until 1949, when the last commercial cargos under sail were delivered. The rule of thumb is that the cargo capacity of a windjammer starts where that of a clipper ends, while clippers were awesomely fast vessels. So were the windjammers. Due to the long water lines and scientific design. And other people that were answering the question, like Andrew Carey, says windjammer is a generic term used for all sailing ships. And that must be the case in this episode. And another person, Jonathan Ryder, says retired professional mariner, says Nothing. A windjammer is a sailing ship without a main propulsion engine. So, I would say the Clara M must be a large clipper if it's being called a windjammer, but it could just be a generic term like that one person was saying. But if clippers are different than windjammers, we can just... That's if... Uh, I mean, obviously, they could be called this both, but uh, we... we just have to go off what we hear in the actual episodes. And what do we really know about the Clara M?
2: The Clara M was built in eighteen eighty
3: nine. Uh, eighteen seventy nine, Mister White. Uh, excuse me. What's that? Yes, sir. Her keel was laid in June of the year eighteen seventy eight at Aberdeen, Scotland, and she cleared from that city for the first time in August of eighteen seventy nine. She was built for speed in the China tea trade. Her <laughs> hull is of teak, her decks are mahogany. And all right,
2: Jimmy.
5: All right, I
2: guess you'll concede, Chief. There's hardly anything you can tell us about the Clara M. Mm,
5: Well, uh, excuse me. While Clark, Jimmy, Captain Hawkins, and Teak Barnaby are having their first meal at sea, Barnaby seems to be taking a shine to Jimmy, and he asks Jimmy what he thinks about the experience so far. Jimmy describes a scene with creaking and swinging oil lamps above them and says it is like being in a movie which is great to paint a picture in our minds. And there was a movie called The Yankee Clipper that came out in 1927. So that is available on YouTube, so maybe I'll try to watch it during my coverage of these episodes. We find out in this episode, too, through their conversation, why there was trouble some trouble signing on the crew for the Clara M. Barnaby proceeds to tell them that every... Sailing vessel has a superstition attached to it, and it seems there was a first mate who was knocked off the Clara M, most likely drowned or prey for an animal in the ocean. It would be the logical conclusion there, but this first mate somehow is still connected to the sailing or to the Clara M, uh, sailing in spirit. As a whistling can be occasionally heard aboard the Clara M, because it was said that this first mate liked to whistle a lot much like himself, what Barnaby was saying. And I don't know if that was a subtle clue there, but what if that first mate somehow survived? Because we don't know how Teak Barnaby lost his leg. And I wonder if we'll eventually find out that Teak was that first mate who fell off the Clara M. He could have made up the legend of the Whistler to create a mystique around the Clara M and make people afraid of the ship. We know Teak wants it. He may have an accomplice who's acting as this whistler, or maybe, just maybe, the whistler is actually... The Clara M is heading into a thick fog. We hear the foghorn being deployed, and as if on cue, because we now know the legend of the whistler, an ominous whistling is heard. So Clark, Jimmy, Teak, and Hawkins are going to investigate, and they head out onto the deck, and Clark and Jimmy are up ahead a bit with Teak when they hear Hawkins cry for help, and that's why I think that maybe Barnaby has accomplices, because he they're up ahead a bit when Hawkins fell overboard, plus... They were all eating together when the whistling was heard. So if Teak is the big bad of the story arc, then that would explain, explain it if he has help in the crew. But anyway, having heard that cry for help, we know Clark has reservations about Teak, we heard in the episode. But he still lets Jimmy go with Teak while he hung back to switch to Superman.
0: This is beginning to look more and more like a job for Superman. I've got a feeling Captain Hawkins went overboard, and I'd better check on that right now. Ah, Good thing my eyes can pierce this fog.
5: I would have liked a line about Clark saying he's going to keep an eye on Jimmy, since we know his eyes can pierce the fog. But Superman's also very busy at this time. He needs to rescue Captain Hawkins, and his plan is to do it so swiftly that it isn't even really clear what happened. And when we catch up to Clark, Jimmy, Teak, and Hawkins on the deck after the rescue, and Captain Hawkins is saying that he felt someone holding him up in the water, then everything went black. So what I was saying before about maybe mutiny being the plan looks like I was wrong, but this seems to be a very devious but a much more cunning way to gain control of the Clara M than Mutiny. Because Teak Barnaby, being first mate, would have the highest rank aboard if Hawkins was no longer on board and made the new captain. And that would probably... The last thing I want to say about my commentary for this episode is that the Whistler... Much like the Whisperer from the Black Pearl of Osiris storyline, or the Coyote Howl from that storyline, are great hooks for a radio serial, which is an audio medium. So much like the Coyote Howl, I expect the whistling to be used as a cliffhanger in an upcoming episode as a harbinger of doom. So outside the radio serial, there are probably battleships in the oceans, as World War II is taking place on March 7th. 1941. According to onthisday.com, this date had the third largest snowfall then in New York City history, 18.1 inches. 50,000 British soldiers landed in Greece during World War II. And a famous death that I'm going to note because it looks like it has to do with World War II is Gunther Prien, German Commandant U of a U forty seven dies in battle. Intergalactic interaction. Thank you for retweets from at Andre TFG, and I love that handle by the way. At Stephen else. at JP Roca, at B Bali eighty one, and at Once Upon a Geek. And that's the Irredeemable Shag. And Shag also responded with a godfather gif, since I called him a made man of podcasting. Between the blog, at BTP blog, also responded with, such a wacky but fun serial. And I wholeheartedly agree. Thank you to Stephen Orr for also sharing the last episode to his Just Another Fanboy Facebook page, which I'm a member of. And I wanted to say... I appreciate all the feedback and spreading the word about the show. I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. If you would like to send in comments, questions, or feedback, there's a few different ways you can do that. On Twitter, at Radio Superman. There is a Superman Radio Revisited Facebook group, which I would love you to join. Or you can send in a voice message that I could play on the show through the Anchor app, which is free to download. Thank you for listening to Superman Radio Revisited. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster and is copyright DC Comics. All clips and music used is copyright the respective copyright holders. And the opening music for this episode was Oak Tree. It's just a clip I found on YouTube of Prince. And I actually posted it on the Facebook group and in the Twitter, just because it's better if you could see it. It's just kind of Prince having a good time on stage dancing. Also, I think to end the episode, I will play a promo for the JLI podcast. And after that, Ale Storm with their song, Wooden Leg."
6: Justice League International Bwahaha Podcast, a monthly show chronicling the adventures of the JLI era by Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus. We started with the very first issue, and our coverage goes all the way through breakdowns. We're going issue by issue in release order, tackling two comics per episode, both a Justice League America issue and a Justice League Europe issue. Now, along the way, we're also taking time out for special episodes covering the quarterly book, interviews with various comic book creators, discussing the plethora of spin-off series cartoon appearances, the infamous TV pilot, and more. And when we're all done, we'll wrap up our coverage by looking at the 2003 and 2005 stories formerly known as the Justice League, and I can't believe it's not the Justice League. So join me in an ever-changing roster of guest hosts as we celebrate your favorite JLI members, such as... Batman. Martian Manhunter. Captain Atom. Fire. Ice. Rocket Red. The Flash. The Elongated Man. Maxwell Lord. Elron, Power Girl Renard Rousse, I mean Crimson Fox Guy Gardner Metamorpho Booster Gold Blue Beetle Nort Justice League International Bwahaha Podcast Part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network Wanna make something of it?